You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to this episode of Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Gansard, and we're so thrilled to have you tune in to this week's episode. Today, we're devoting the entire time together to cats. Yes, we're here celebrating the latest book from Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Very Good, Very Bad Cat, 101 heartwarming stories about our happy, heroic, and hilarious pets. And what I love about this book is the 101 stories of felines, and especially the fact that the royalties from this book go to benefit American Humane Association. We're so thrilled to have this very special partnership with Chicken Soup for the Soul. You know, friends, I just love cats. They're ornery, they're goofy, they're surprising, they're clever, they're endearing, and absolutely adorable. Fascinating, independent, hilarious, and precious. They're great hunters, therapists, healers, and they're heroes in our lives. From the meows to the purrs to the scratches, those of us who love cats know that every day is Catter Day. Our feline (laughs) friends have long enriched our human lives. Even Winston Churchill commented about the personality of cats in relation to us humans. He said famously, quote, I'm fond of pigs. Dogs look up to us. Cats look down at us. Pigs treat us as equals. I just love the catitude, don't you? If you love catitude, humorous antics, and heartwarming adventures, then be prepared to fall in love with these stories. We love the way that Chicken Soup for the Soul features rescued cats in these stories, too, and the way they highlight the merits of senior cats and cats that really have tough times at shelters. And we really appreciate the stories of ornery cats. And speaking of some ornery cats, one of our first contributors today is Dr. Carol Teed. You know, Dr. Teed enjoys writing about her life's work as a veterinarian. She lives in Ontario, Canada with her husband, four kids two dogs and three cats. And this is her second story she's published in the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series. And she's also published a terrific book entitled Learning the Secret Language of Cats, a Vet's Translation. Dr. T, Carol, welcome to the show. We're so glad that you're going to be here and share with us your story about Watson. Well, thank you so much. It's so thrilling for me to be a part of this. So thank you. Oh, well, we're thrilled to have you on the show. You know, what I love is your story about what are we going to do about Watson? Can you share (laughs) with us a little bit about who is Watson and and what did he do? Oh, okay. Well, you know, I love to write stories about my cats because they are, of course, very, very special, as everybody will tell you about their cats, but also because they're very typical of cats everywhere. You know, how resilient they are and how much capacity they have for love and enriching our lives. And I think of my own cats like Watson as being sort of poster cats for cats who, you know, have succeeded against all the odds in finding a good forever home. So he's he's one of the fortunate ones. So I have three cats. And Watson uh, Watson is the main character in my story. And he came from a feral cat community. And mm-hmm. he's a big white cat with gray spots, sort of a funny-looking fellow, almost like a Holstein. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has great big, long, wispy, uh, distracting whiskers. Michelle, uh, the technician at my clinic, took care of uh, this feral community for years and years. 
and uh, it took her a very long time to capture the last feral female, and uh, Watson was uh, from her last litter. So, um, you know, we used to laugh at the clinic that uh, the mother finally gave up <laughs> because, <laughs> because Watson was so naughty that she didn't want to have any more babies and so uh, finally accepted being captured. Um, so he was a real handful and he was at my clinic for quite a long time trying to find a home and I think partly because he was naughty and partly because he kind of looked a little odd. Um, he had trouble finding a home, and eventually, I took him home with me. Oh, uh, because how he was—he was just too involved. The clinic cat getting into trouble all the time, and um, <laughs> so that's how he came to live with me. So he's one of my three. Oh, um, Carol, I love when you write. He was bad in the. I know it's bad, and I'm doing it anyway. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite sentences. There, he was bad, and I know it's bad, and I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> That's just terrific. You gotta love the catitude there. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so the thing about Watson is that he loves to steal things. And uh, he's taught my other cats, especially Lewis, to do the same. And so every morning there's, you know, like a, a lava of clothing articles coming down the stairs. And, you know, my children aren't very good about putting their clothing away. And my son, who lives on the third floor, that's kind of like a loft with stairs but no doorway Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the cats go all the way up there and they drag his T-shirts and sweatshirts and blue jeans all the way down, you know, two sets of stairs into the basement. <laughs> and so sometimes they will just leave them, you know, halfway down. And every morning I pick up at least six pieces of clothing, I would say, every day. <laughs> and, oh, they're just, yeah, they're wonderful, wonderful cats. <laughs> Sure. I love that. I think, what's it, your son that said he steals them from his gym bag? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, oh, my. They, yeah, they get into lots of trouble, for sure. And Lewis is another story all on his own. He's, um, he's actually, our home here is his third home. And wow. uh, his, his first home was with a woman who could no longer look after herself, really. And uh, so her stepmother took him, and she took him to her home where there was already five cats and two big dogs and quite a small home, and um, Lewis didn't cope very well in that home, and he developed some stress colitis-like symptoms, and um, then that owner uh, or human Mm -hmm. passed away, and and she was a client of mine, and that's how uh, Lewis came to live with me. And uh, so he's settled in here very, very nicely. He's been here for some years now. And Mary, who's our third cat, she, her real name is Mary Christmas, and she was sort of uh, dropped off at my clinic sometime between Christmas and New Year's many years ago, just as a tiny little kitten, really too small to be away from her mother. And she'd been an unwanted Christmas present. Oh, and uh, so little, you know, I couldn't leave her at the clinic. So, of course, she came home with me for the holidays, and <laughs> she never left. And uh, so she... <laughs> I see a team here, Carol, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aww. So those are my three 
cuties that I have here at home, and I think I, I talk about each of them in this story. You do, you do. And I I love what you say, too, because you say that these, gosh, it was several of them. It was Watson and Lewis, right, that really got into some, you know, some antics, and they uh, grown old together and curled up in uh, on your sofa in there, not really stealing pins, socks, or earrings anymore. So nobody was <laughs> really asking, what are we going to do about Watson? Because they're sleeping uh, on the sofa. That's just such a great visual. And uh, what a beautiful, happy home you have with those precious animals and your kids. That's right. We do for sure. You know, one thing that I know you get to see a lot, and you've described it in the way that you've adopted some of your precious felines, there is a not-so-fun fact that leads into your chapter. Kitten season is when animals' shelters have an overabundance of kittens, and occurs in the late summer and early fall. What do you see in your practice with kitten season? Do you see uh, a lot of these kittens getting adopted coming in for great veterinary care, or do you, do you see that these kittens are just going off to shelters? I would say the latter more times than not. I, you know, I think there's so many kittens that just never find homes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just a sad truth. And really now is the time to be thinking about it because, uh, you know, pretty many, pretty much all the spay procedures that we do in January even, uh, those kittens are already in heat. And their first heats can be silent heats, right? Mm-hmm. So now is the time to be thinking about getting those cats spayed and neutered so that we can try to help, um, you know, the population problem because there's just so much suffering that happens in those feral communities where, you know, they're living in a marginal way, right? They're uh, as close as they can to humans so that they can have some protection, but they're not, you know, we can't meet all their needs in that setting. So, mm-hmm. um Yeah, it's a real problem for them, for sure. Absolutely. Well, as a veterinarian, do you see that uh, cats need more veterinary care? I know some folks have said it's hard to get their cat to the vet, and I always encourage them to to start that training early and to get into a cat carrier and and make sure their kitties get the medical care they need, preventative care particularly. You bet. That's a really good point for sure because, um, you know, what I experience in in veterinary practice is that I see the fortunate cats, right, the ones that actually have homes, but mm-hmm. often they still don't get the care they need simply because it's a, it's a trial to get them into the carrier, mm-hmm. and it's scary for the cat, it's very frustrating and stressful for the owner, and mm-hmm. so starting early on and getting them used to the carrier and making it a positive thing um, can certainly help. And I think veterinarians can help with that too, you know, guiding uh pet owners on on how to get that done safely and, you know, in a way that's not quite so stressful so that they can get the care that they need when they need it. That's so good. I'm going to take us off track a little bit because I just so enjoy meeting veterinarians and uh, your career is so, so laudable. When did you know, at what age did you realize, I'm going to grow up and be a veterinarian? I was probably pretty young when I made that decision. I was very focused all through school to make mm-hmm. that happen. Mm-hmm. And I actually took a little bit of a sidestep in my career in that I, uh, early on I decided I wanted to focus on cats. 
Wow. And I saw, I saw in, uh, you know, in the early years of practicing that they, you know, maybe weren't getting the care that they deserved for a number of different reasons. In many ways, they were being treated like small dogs, which I didn't think was fair because their needs are so particular. And, mm-hmm. you know, even in the handling and so on, is, um, you know, we, I thought we could be doing better. So, um, so I decided early on to focus just on felines in it. So it's been a really exciting career path for me. Like so many veterinarians, I, you know, I did take some time away from practice because I, I got sort of worn out <laughs> by mm-hmm. all the things that we see. It can be quite an intense job day in, right. day out. And so that is when I actually, you know, the day after I, I um, sort of gave up my practice, I started writing that book and um, learned that, you know, oh, yes, I still really do love this work and I need to keep doing it. And uh, But it became, I needed a bigger audience, right? I, I talked mm-hmm. about the same things again and again and again. You know, why is my cat peeing out of the box? Why is my cat you know, scratching the furniture, and it felt started to feel like, oh, I've got to get, you know, people need to know about this. People need to know why their cats do these things so that they can um, help prevent it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's um, why I began to write the book, and, and then, you know, it was also a lot of fun to write stories about my own cats and clinic cats and cats I've met in practice. Yeah, it's um, been very rewarding to do that. Well, you've rewarded us all by providing us the secret language of cats. So thank you for your incredible work and your incredible efforts on behalf of both felines and canines. And uh, certainly we're proud to know you. Well, you have been listening to Dr. Carol Teed. She's the author of the chapter, What Are We Going to Do About Watson? In this incredible new book by Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Very Good, Very Bad Cat. Dr. Teed, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you so much, Robin. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. It's been great to have you on the show. Well, you're listening to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. We'll be back for more great stories about our favorite felines right after this brief message. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shredded as a topper. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. You're listening to your host, Dr. Robin Gansert. And this week's episode is devoted to cats. Yes, the new Chicken Soup for the Soul book is now out in bookstores. My Very Good, Very Bad Cat features 101 heartwarming stories about our happy, heroic, and hilarious pets. What has the cat done now? You'll recognize your own cat in this collection of stories about how very good and very bad our cats can be. From cats with nine lives to cats that save lives. 
from cats that wreck houses to cats that repair families, from cats that crack us up to cats that act like therapists. You'll see your own cat with a new appreciation for its unique skills and intuition. And you know, this set of stories really have an emphasis on the benefits and joys of adopting abandoned cats. These stories will make you laugh out loud, nod your head in recognition, and maybe even shed a tear or two. And your purchase does help the work of American Humane Association. Your purchase of this incredible collection of cat stories allows American Humane Association to rescue more cats in crisis and need. Our segment now features a very special story, a chapter from My Very Good, Very Bad Cat, entitled A Tiger-Sized Heart. And join me for this segment is the author of this chapter, Beverly Stowe McClure. Beverly, welcome, and we're so glad to have you on the show. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Well, you have a really great story to tell about this tiger-sized heart. This is an incredible, incredible story about a young black and brown tabby. And I know that when you saw him, he was so skinny you could count his ribs. Can you tell us a little bit about Tiger? Yes, I'd love to tell you about Tiger. I've had many, many cats through the years. Most of them have been little cats that were just dumped or showed up on my doorstep, you know, and, and I love them, so I bring them in. Well, Tiger is one of those, don't know his backstory or anything like that, but he showed up one day on our patio, and he was a sad-looking little cat, probably one of the ugliest cats I've ever seen, because <laughs> he was so pathetic, he was skinny, you know, like but uh, he also, one ear had been chewed on, it was caked with blood, you know, he had evidently been in a fight, and uh, some patches of fur were missing, you know, and he was just really a sad little case. Well, how he got to my patio, I don't know, but he was there, and I was determined I didn't want any more cats. I already had one that had shown up a couple of years earlier the same way, you know, on our patio, so I thought, well, we don't need another cat. Mm-hmm. Especially since my husband wasn't really crazy about cats to start with. <laughs> he, he, sort of, he tolerated them because of me. You know, he let me have them and he wouldn't uh-huh. say much. But I thought this would be pushing it really. So I mm-hmm. thought, but you know, I can't let the little thing starve. The vet later, after the jump ahead a little bit, the vet said he was probably about a year old. So he, he wow. wasn't real old, but he wasn't a, a kitten either. But I thought, okay, I'll feed him and he'll get tired of just, you know, staying there and he'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how that works out. I so, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took food out to him every day and fed him. And I put some towels out in a box. It was, it was hot summertime. It was really hot. So he could cool off. Y'all put him in the shade where he could have a place to sleep. And he stayed there for several days. Wow. And I kept thinking, Okay, he's going to go away one of these days, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but he he had other ideas, and yeah. so what ended up with me taking him into the house one day, one night, I heard this horrible meowing and growling, and I went outside, and another cat had a big gray cat had got on the patio and had him down, you know. Tiger mm-hmm. is not a fighter. You know, he's he just, uh, I don't know, he's shy and all that. Mm-hmm. But and I thought, okay, this is it. You know, so I went out and ran the other cat off, and I said, okay, you're coming in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was about seven years ago. So <laughs> he's been with us ever since. And 
he has turned out to be a really he's he's shy uh-huh. and uh, the other cat kind of picks on him because she's not shy at all. Uh-huh. But I try to get to get along, you know, with each other. And uh, he's sweet. He's the sweetest cat. Just has the best disposition. And uh, he's not a lap cuddly cat, you know, like he doesn't like to cuddle up in your lap. But he he likes to be around people and especially men. He loves my husband. He would, wow. yeah, and, you know, and of course, my husband didn't care about cats. <laughs> but you know, this little cat won him over. He would, uh, you know, look up at him and want to crawl up in his lap, and Jack would say, "Okay, come on." Yeah, <laughs> I love. He couldn't resist. Yeah, he couldn't resist him either. And so, Tiger would take naps in my husband's lap. He'd put his paws up on his chest and take naps. Uh-huh. Well, that was really a first. You know, I couldn't remember any of the cats that were doing that before. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, and, Tiger uh, knew that Jack was the one he had to win over. Isn't that right? <laughs> evidently, evidently. He said, this is the key, you know, to me having a home. And so he, he fit into the family real well. And uh, he and Jack, they were something else. And he evidently, I don't know whether Tiger had been around boys before or what, but he preferred, when our son would come down, he loved him. He preferred males, seems like, you know. Mm-hmm. And and they would go for a walk. I never had a cat before that took a walk with you. You know, the dogs <laughs> did, but not uh-huh. generally the cats. But uh-huh. he would go for a walk with my husband. And they uh-huh. would walk down to our pond and look at the fish and the ducks and things like that. And they just were a pair. They really were. I've got some really cute pictures of them walking together, you know. So, of course, I had to take him to the vet. I didn't know if he had shots or not, so I took him to the vet. And he got shots, and the vet said he had ear mites, cleaned out his ears, and doctored the uh, crumpled up ear. And it's still wrinkled up now, and it's got a big scar behind it, you know, and everything. Uh And so got him in pretty good shape. Then, oh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, he was sick, and I took him to the vet, and poor little thing, they diagnosed him with having FIV. Oh. And all I can figure, he hadn't been around any other cats, you know, in several years, except our house cat, and I knew she didn't have it, so the fight, probably the fight, you know, they say sometimes it takes several years for it to show up and everything, so, but anyway, so, uh, we have taken a lot of trips to the vet's office, but I tell you what, those veterinarians, they have been great. Oh, they just, whatever he needs, they give it to him, whether it's a shot or medicine or whatever, (laughs) and he's doing real good right now. I'm just so happy with him, you know. He's playful, and he likes to play ball. He'll crouch on the floor. I sit down in front of him with a little plastic ball and roll it to him, and he rolls Mm -hmm. it back to me. (laughs) I've never had a cat do that before either. (laughs) Are you sure this is a cat? (laughs) Well, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder the way he looks at you. You know, I just wonder what what is he thinking. And when my husband passed away a couple of years ago, he just was lost, you know. And yeah. he finally kind of accepted me as a substitute, I think, you know. Substitute and now he goes that. for walks with me, you know. Oh, oh. And so I get the pleasure of his company now. <laughs> oh. And I, I don't know, I just love him. He's just so sweet. And, and um, many times I think, I think God sent him to me at that particular time because, you know, God sees ahead. He knows what's going to happen. Yes, And yes. Uh, we don't. And this little cat probably would not be alive today if he hadn't shown up on our patio. And I don't know, I just I just feel like he has a purpose of being here. 
you know. And and he uh, he does he sleeps with me at night now. Oh. He curls up next to me and puts a paw on my shoulder like it's okay, it's okay, you know. <laughs> and he, he, I don't know, I just love him. I, I've loved all my cats, you know, and I love my calico that I've got too. But they're so different cats. They have such different personalities. He's just precious to me. That's beautiful. I love that you write in your chapter, you say, Tiger will talk to Jack in his soft, squeaky voice. Jack will understand what he's saying. Until that day, I pray God will let Tiger stay with me a little longer. We still have a lot to talk about in our daily walks. The fish, the flowers, the birds, the insects. Mostly, though, we talk about Jack. Wow. Yes, we do. You know, it's just like because... He took to Jack, and Jack took to him, and that was really unusual. You know, yeah. he just, he liked dogs and all that, but he was not really a cat person, and he tolerated them for me. But, yeah, they just, and, and uh, like I said, I don't know what his home, what his life was like before he came here. He was pretty young, about a year old probably. But um, here he just, he, he loved being around men. When my grandsons would come over, he liked them, you know, it just, uh, he liked women okay, but he just sort of maybe felt more at ease with the guys. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. I have to tell you, your story just is so heartwarming, and it just reminds us all to not forget those cats that do show up. They need that second chance. And boy, you gave Tiger a second chance, and look at all these years later, how much love he's shown you and your entire family. Exactly. I'd be real lonesome, even though I still have one other cat, I'd still be lonesome without him because their personalities are so different. Mm-hmm. And uh, she won't play with me like he does. Of course, she's older, too, and that may be part of it. But I don't know. He's just, there's just something about him. That just is that I just love. <laughs> I, I can hear it in your voice, and I can see him. I can see him with his little ear tune. I can just visualize yeah. him. What a sweetheart, Beverly! Yeah. You've just made my day sharing your story about Tiger and your new chapter called "A Tiger-Sized Heart" in this beautiful book. My very good, very bad cat. The Chicken Soup for the Soul is just released. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Be Humane, and and thanks for all you do for these kitties. Thank you for inviting me. I'm always happy to talk about my cats. (laughs) Well, I can tell. And what I also love, one little fun fact, too, that folks don't know about Beverly is I understand you like to play the piano, but your cats really don't appreciate such good music. (laughs) So what do those cats do when you start to play? They run into another room and hide. they go into separate rooms and one of them crawls under the bed and, and I don't see them again till I get finished with the piano. So I don't know what they're saying about my talent. But. We know your talent's wonderful. They're just not music fans. So That's right. That's true. That is so wonderful. I just love that. I had to throw that one out, Beverly, because it makes me smile. Well, it's true, I tell you. I love it. I love it. Well, listeners, uh, you have just enjoyed a segment with Beverly Stowe McClure on this incredible cat, Tiger. And we're going to be back for one more special segment in this episode of Be Humane on Pet Life Radio after this brief message. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. 
It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Want to know who the latest trendsetters are in Hollywood? How about Irish setters? Find out who's been spotted with Spot, chowing with their chow, and shopping for Gucci with their Poochie. Get, get the scoop on all the latest celebrity pet patter right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. You're listening to Be Humane with your host, Dr. Robin Gansert. Today's episode's devoted to cats, and we know how much fun cats are in our lives, how much really love they bring us. And if you love humorous antics and heartwarming adventures, you're going to be prepared to fall in love with these stories about our goofy, honorary, clever, and absolutely adorable cats. Chicken Soup for the Soul is bringing us a winner with new book, My Very Good, Very Bad Cat. And on the phone, we have one of the authors of the chapter, Scooter versus the Vacuum. Mark Liren Young is on the phone with us today. Mark, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you. I know in this wonderful book, you've shared a very special story, Scooter versus the Vacuum. It's a great, great chapter about your precious cat, three-legged cat, who's fierce but afraid of the vacuum. Can you share with us more about Scooter? Well, Scooter was sort of feisty from the get-go. Her deal was she was never really afraid of anything. When she, she was actually born in our house like this. The cat belonged to our neighbor. The neighbor had a three-year-old boy. The cat decided she was not going to have her babies in a house with a three-year-old boy. So, <laughs> do, you, do you blame uh, her? <laughs> no, she broke in to our place the night that she was giving birth and basically knocked out our screen window, jumped into our bedroom window, and proceeded to drop a litter right in front of our bed. And Scooter was part of that litter. Wow. Wow. What a nice surprise. You come home when there's a cat giving birth, right? <laughs> oh, no. It was 5 o'clock in the morning. It wasn't a surprise. Oh, no. The surprise was the cat giving birth in our window. The surprise was the cat getting in for a window at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, the cat knew where to go. That's for sure. So tell us a little bit more about this fearless mother kitty of Scooter. Oh, uh, this cat was named Joey, and Joey lived next door. And the funny thing was that I was violently allergic to cats, and I couldn't breathe around cats. And Joey decided that she didn't care and just kept following me in the house. And, you know, we'd that was why we finally thought, we've got to lock out. I can't breathe. You know, I was wow. on like 400 different kinds of allergy pills. Once Joey gave birth, it was like, okay, well, one of us is leaving, and it's not going to be the cat. So... It's like, I wish this could happen to all cat lovers, but I think the cats basically scared my allergies away because I was able to breathe after a while as the the babies were in there. Mm -hmm. But just, it it was kind of phenomenal the way that Joey just went, oh, 
you're much more interesting than three-year-old boy. I'm coming in with you. <laughs> that is great. That is great. And there Scooter was born. So tell us a little bit about Scooter. Well, the thing about Scooter was that even though she had three legs, it's like she was absolutely the, the toughest cat in the litter. And I remember my, um, my mom has dogs, like little Shih Tzus, and they came to visit one day, and our bedroom, when the kittens were there, and our bedroom door was sort of half glass. And so we'd shut the door, and there was no, you know, so everybody was safe. And the dogs ran up, and they could tell there was something going on. So dogs, you know, poked their faces through the glass and started yapping at the cats. And Joey and the other cats went to far end of the room and see her, there's glass there. Oh. And just wandered over the glass, and she just started swatting the glass. She's like, oh. yeah, I'm not scared of you. <laughs> and, and she was always like that. We'd, you know, we would go over and visit my mom's dog. She just kind of dangled her tail. Mm-hmm. Go, well, let's, can we taunt them? I'll taunt them more. <laughs> and she was always like that. Like, she had a brother. We knew that she'd never be allowed to be an outdoor cat with three legs. So the nice, you know, me being biologically allergic cats, of course, I had to keep two. Yes. Uh, <laughs> wow. We knew that there was, so we kept the second cat, Excalibur, who was like twice her size. And there was never any doubt who was in charge. Wow. Never any doubt at all that the little three-legged cat, you know, Excalibur got a hand, she's like, swat the head. And um, put him in his place. How funny. But she was fantastic with that. But the only thing that ever scared her, that's why I wrote about it, was the vacuum cleaner. That was and her then nemesis. she decided she was going to take the vacuum out, too. <laughs> so tell our listeners a little bit of the battle of Scooter versus the vacuum. Well, I mean, this was the funny thing, was that she wasn't scared of dogs. She wasn't scared of other cats. You know, mom would come in, she's like, yeah, I'm not afraid of you. But the vacuum, the noise just made her nuts. And, uh, you know, wasn't scared of bats, cars, nothing. All those good things that scare cats, nothing scared her. Because, you know, I mean, she got a lot of fussing with, with the vet, having three legs. Because her, um, her hind leg was actually cut off by the umbilical cord at birth. That's how she ended up as a three-legged cat. Right. And so what she used to do was, you know, the vacuum would come out and she'd run. And one day the vacuum was under the stairs, you know, just unplugged and doing, doing nothing. And I saw her. And she was just walking around it. She was keeping her distance. And she just kept walking all around the thing. She was looking at it. And then I realized, she's stalking it. She, like, she thinks she's sneaking up behind it. And wow. finally, she runs up to it. And she goes, whack. Okay, and then she runs away. And then she goes, ha-ha, didn't get back. Runs back, goes, whack, 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 whack. And she just kept coming back, running, stalking. And then she just kind of hung by it. It's like, okay, I've swatted you a bunch. You didn't do anything back. And after that, Vacuums were nothing. <laughs> that she, is so she went, funny. It didn't matter when it was on. She was like, well, I can take you in a fight. And yeah, she just, as far as she was concerned, the vacuum belonged to her now. You know, I wonder what this little kitty was thinking, you know? Wouldn't you just love to be in her mind as she's looking at the vacuum and making these decisions and going for it? I just, uh, you have to love the spirit of, of Scooter. Oh, it was just hilarious. She was really an amazing cat. And that was just, I think that was my favorite moment with her, just watching her go, no, I can take you. That's wonderful. You're not that tough. Tell us about Excalibur. What is he up to? Oh, Excalibur was just a huge, beautiful boy. He was very sweet, but didn't quite have the same sort of feistiness or personality. He's like, you know, he just kind of went, no, nope, she's the boss. So he kind of followed. She got dibs on what was warmest, where the best sleeping spots. She kind of had dibs on everything. 
Oh, so, and good. being Canadian, uh, Scooter was also good at watching hockey with Nick Gallagher less, so he didn't like Well, that. I wanted to yeah. mention the hockey bit, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, Excalibur freaked out because I'd be watching hockey, and of course, Canadian guy, my team scores, I scream, Excalibur ran away. You know, where <laughs> Scooter's like, oh, okay, Canucks scored, it's all good. <laughs> oh, I love yeah, like it. I said, nothing really saved her. I love that. That's great. Well, Mark, you have won a very special award for your memoir, and I want to make sure that that our listeners know that you won the Leacock Medal for Humor for your memoir, Never Shoot a Stampede Queen. And I know you've got a new book coming out as well. Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about your books? Oh, thank you so much. Well, it's funny that I did a second humor memoir called Bathroom Magic Secrets Revealed, and that Mm -hmm. just came out, and that's about a weird... Weird magic show I did as a kid, and since you're dealing with pets and animals, my next book is actually about is about the killer whale that changed the world. It's called Moby Doll, the killer whale that changed the world. And it's about the first ever killer whale in captivity, and it was an accidental capture. And that whale is the reason that we fell in love with whale. Oh. So we may want to talk about that sometime because it's an amazing story. Oh, that's and wonderful. That's coming, it's coming out this fall. It's being published this fall. Well, we will have to have you back on Be Humane on Pet Life Radio to learn more about that book for sure, because that does sound right up our alley for all of our animal lovers who are listeners. Well, Mark, it has been just a joy to have you on the show today, and uh, certainly we all love Scooter's story and that of Excalibur Toon, the brother, but thank you so much for sharing it with all of us. Thank you so much for having me on the show, and I love the work you're doing, and I'm, I'm really glad that the book's helping support that. Oh, well, thank you so much. And listeners, you have heard an episode today devoted to our friends, the felines. You know, in this wonderful book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Very Good, Very Bad Cat, you'll read about honorary cats. You'll read about goofy cats. You'll read about cats who are wonderful healers for their human charges as well. You're going to learn about surprising kitties, clever cats. Sometimes cats really have a bad reputation. You're going to hear about them being aloof, but you know they're really being intuitive. You're going to hear about friendly therapist cats. You're going to learn about stray cats. And I think every cat knows that there are nanny cats out there as well. Every cat lover knows that. Uh, I love this. And I love a chapter called Heroic Cats because we know cats often save people and other animals. And uh, one of the stories in here that we uh, love to celebrate is about rescuing each other. And I think that's really the case. You know, I've seen so many cats over the years and uh, we have lots of rescue kitties in our homes today. We've had, uh, just like Mark, we've had kitties be born right in our house as well from neighbors who end up in our homes. So we know about that as well. And you know, those of you that are listening, you may want to find a cat like Scooter or Excalibur or Tiger. Any of these cats that we've studied and never really got to learn more about today, you may decide you're a perfect cat owner. And you know, you are the perfect cat owner if you believe caring for a pet for 15 to 18 years doesn't seem like a lifetime. If you look forward to having your ankles rubbed by an affectionate, loving creature, if you don't mind sharing your house with someone who sheds, and you don't mind sharing your house with someone who will never clean up after himself, if you love a housemate who will randomly and regularly entertain you with outrageous and silly antics at his whim and not yours, you can set the stage for a life filled with love and companionship by adopting a cat from your local shelter today. And I hope these books and these stories help you to celebrate and know that every day is Catter Day and every month is Adopt-A-Cat Month. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. The past two episodes have been celebrating Chicken Soup for the Soul's new book series, My Very Good, Very Bad Dog and My Very Good, Very Bad Cat. I can tell you that these heartwarming stories will make your day. I hope you'll go out and purchase copies and know that royalties from every book sold go to help our life-saving work at American Humane Association. Thanks so much for listening and remember this week and every week to be humane. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.